It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Outspoken with White and Jordan 100% engagement It's a total disrespect Download, stand well back, listen Jim White and Simon Jordan I don't see that view Outspoken with White and Jordan From the world's biggest sports radio station Talk Sport Hi there, this is Jim White and thanks for listening to the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Every day we bring you the best of our show. On today's episode, myself, Simon and Alex Crook discuss the protester at last night's match between Uruguay and Portugal and the fallout from our interview yesterday with the man at the top of Qatar 2022, Hassan Al-Thawadi. We ask if it is time to ban political questions at football press conferences following the build-up to the USA against Iran. And of course, we look ahead to England facing Wales in their final World Cup pool game. The former Wales striker Hal Robson Canu joined us and came to the defence of Gareth Bale. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Well, hi to everybody back home. Where are we now? Just gone uh, the back of 10 o'clock out here. It's the back of 1 o'clock. And again, you'll be pleased to know it's roasting. Alex Crook is with us. Mr. Crook, I will chat to you in one moment. Mr. Jordan, good morning. Good morning. Good you're, morning. You're looking well. You're looking bronzed. I, you're thoroughly acclimatized now as, as we're well into the second I week. I am. Yep. I'm, I played paddle tennis this morning. It was It's getting ridiculously hotter. Yep. So um, I put my performance down to... Uh, dehydration this morning, even though I came out winning most of the games. Well done. Um, and, uh, and and Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo was there, covering the entire court for a variety of reasons. Brazilian Ronaldo. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm sorry I missed that. He's the one, isn't he, Alex? He's the guy. He is, although if yeah. Simon Jordan can't get the better of him on a paddle <laughs> tennis court in his current state, I would be, yeah. uh, I would be a little bit <laughs> Funny concerned. Funny thing is, wherever, wherever you're sitting, he was sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, do you think, Simon, you know, there we go, Portugal and Brazil, they're through. Great. Mm. All right. But have we seen a convincing candidate at this World Cup so far? Well, we were discussing this yesterday, weren't we, before the, the last tranche of games that we haven't seen a compelling 
nail yourself onto a particular team that looks like it's irresistible. It's an, an irresistible force that's not going to be stopped by an immovable object. I think teams are getting their rhythm, getting into the groove, and I think you'll start to see the cream floating to the surface. It was interesting watching Ronaldo claim that goal. He had the same sort of genuity as some of the uh, some of, some of the uh, observations he made in the Pierce Winfrey interview that was done. Um, <laughs> but you know, the bottom line is is that Portugal got through, and I think that's good yeah. for the tournament because I think they're a decent side. But no, I think to answer your question, Jim. Uh, our true enemy has yet to reveal themselves. I think so. You, Alex, anyone standing out for you? I think France, just France, because yeah. of Mbappe, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's been the standout player so far. But in terms of a team, there's nobody that you would say they're definitely going to win it. Okay. Uh, you in commentary would be quick on to it when uh, the individual ran onto the field of play last night, came from nowhere, wearing a Superman shirt, carrying messages of Save Ukraine and respect for Iranian women. And he was holding a, a rainbow flag. I mean, he had every base covered there, did he not? He certainly did. Um, I have to say that the stewards were very quickly on the scene. He was immediately frog-marched out of the stadium. Not sure where he'll be this morning. But I, I guess the surprise is that it's taken until 32 games, the halfway stage of the tournament, for that type of protest to take place. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've asked the authorities this morning, Simon, what, what's happened to him? Is he still detained? Yeah. Uh, where is he? Um, nothing back yet. So we'll pursue that. We'll, we'll pursue that. Simon, there was a lot of fallout here, both here in uh, Doha, Qatar, and back home in the UK. To our exclusive interview yesterday with a man at the very top of uh, the World Cup committee, Hassan Al-Thawadi. And he made a variety of claims uh, in it. One of them being that the BBC's Gary Lineker uh, hadn't been in touch with him, hadn't got in touch, hadn't reached out, nor had his agent reached out uh, to have a chat with him in the build-up to Qatar 2022 and what the Qataris hoped to achieve. There had basically been a lack of uh, communication between the two parties uh, and he perceived that to be an unwillingness on the part of the BBC and Lineker. This was Hassan Al-Thawadi with Simon and myself. When it comes to statements that come out, for example, from Roy or from Gary or whoever else it is, there was no engagement. It's a statement that comes out based on no, you know, no engagement. You know, the, the sad part, for, for example, for me, Gary Lineker, you know, as I was growing up, I, I looked up to him. You know, for me, when I was in Sheffield, I used to look at, you know, they think it's all, it's, it's all over. And for me, it was, it was a show that I used to love watching. I loved the banter. I loved the, you know, the sense of humor. I loved everything about it. And so for me, it's very disappointing that, that Gary never bothered to engage. And I say it openly. He never bothered to engage. We reached out. We reached out many times. The latest, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was in February. In February, we reached out over three or four times, specifically requesting to engage with Gary, to sit down and say, we understand your position. Give us the opportunity to put our case in front. If you don't agree then, that's fine, that's your decision, but we never got the chance. So uh, that was uh, Hassan Al-Thawadi to us. Um, I'm looking here on, on Twitter yesterday. Lineker was quick to respond to it. He says, Simon, well, this is news to me. Neither my agent nor myself received any request to engage with anyone involved with Qatar 2022. I have my weaknesses, but I'm not that rude. Very odd. And, of course, in that uh, chat with uh, Hassan, he also had to swipe at Roy Keane. Disappoint yeah. Disappointed more than anything else he was saying. Well, look, I mean, Lineker and Keane are the lowest common denominator in an equation where there's a feeling that there's been a lack of balance in the representation through certain segments of the media. Lineker and Keane will get the headlines and they'll get the, um, the you know, the, 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 the sort of the, the tabloid feel to the fact that these two faces that everyone can recognise in football have been a little bit disrespectful and, and, and over, I think overreaching. I think Lineker's overreach 
on putting the World Cup uh, opening ceremony behind the red button and giving us a three-minute soliloquy about what he did and didn't think were the shortcomings of this particular World Cup whilst having worked for broadcasters over here and wanting to have relationships with broadcasters going past his initial contract, smacks of, of hypocrisy. You know, people are bristling. There's people in this building that don't like the observations that we've made that they didn't push back against people like Roy Keane that turned around and said this World Cup shouldn't be here. Well, then explain why it shouldn't be here because I, I actually don't think you know, Roy. I think you're following the narrative of an unbalanced um, set of thinking. And what we've tried to do in the interview and what subsequently you did in the interview and was followed up to some extent by Piers Morgan and his interview was just to recenter it. Okay, there's two sides to this conversation, not one. There's two sides. And what you're now seeing is segments of the media going, oh, the gold in them hills, which was to pee all over Qatar, is actually in another set of hills now where we want some balance. And what you've got is a very educated, powerful voice in, you know, in Hassan Al-Fawadi that has lived and breathed this business for 13 years. And he should be able to speak to it strongly. And he did. And what people are now seeing is a different version on yeah. the ground. The facts of certain things supersedes some of the sentiment and some of the observations that are being made are not actually being borne out by facts. Now, whether Lineker and Hassan Al-Thawadi had an exchange, it's kind of academic. It'll flush out. It'll be either one or the other. Either he did or he didn't. The bottom line is, is there's been an overreach in certain people's perspective about condemning this World Cup against previous tournaments in China, in Russia and other things. And there's a reason for it. And the three cornerstones of that, in my view, are the same ones I said yesterday. Mm. There's the politics of envy. There's the fear of corruption, which I think that you can look at and, and evaluate through the Garcia report. Yeah. And as, and as, and as uh, Hassan said yesterday... There's an element of certain segments of the media having a little bit of a xenophobic attitude towards well, this right. part of the world. And Alex, very briefly, as we head to the break, we do stress, Simon and I will stress here, nothing was off limits. I mean, we, we, we could speak about anything. We did speak about everything. And they, they had a party of people with them. But that did not put us off. We, you have to ask the salient questions, of course, when you get, as you know, when you get in front of the people involved. And that's our job. Our job as broadcasters, as journalists covering this tournament, is to ask the, the questions that people want to know the answers for, but it's also to offer a balanced perspective of what is actually happening over here. And we spoke when I was on with you guys last week. That isn't being reflected, particularly, actually, um, in a lot of the English newspapers. You know, the stories that people are reading back home uh, are very different from the experiences even that England fans have had who travelled to the first game against Iran. And I think that's negligent. Yes, we've got to highlight the wider issues, and we know there are plenty, but we have to speak as we find. I think yeah. it's been a fantastic tournament. It's been brilliantly organised. And I think some of the treatment and the criticism of Qatar as a country has gone too far. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Simon, I know you'll be hot on this, but uh, we saw more evidence of this yesterday at press conferences. Is it time to ban political questions at World Cup press conferences? I'm talking specifically here about the news conference in the build-up to Iran and the USA. This descended into almost farcical scenes with uh, the American manager. You know him. You had him at Palace. Greg uh, Pahalter. Greg yeah. Pahalter. Yeah, did, yeah. And the US captain, Tyler Adams. They were asked a range of, of questions in the build-up to Iran against USA. And the range of questions um, from racism to immigration to the, yes, the American military involvement in the Persian Gulf. Because you had USA journalists in there. You had uh, other journalists in there from all around the world. You had Iranian journalists in there. Um, I've got to say, Samuel, we'll get your take on this in just one second and yours, Alex. But after seeing they support the Iranian people, 
who are in the midst of protesting in their country. One Iranian reporter then decided, if you like, to focus attention on the USA captain, Tyler Adams. Have a listen to this exchange. Tyler, this question is for you. My name is Mila Javamadi from Press TV. First of all, you say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. Are you okay to be representing the US? Meanwhile, there's so much discrimination happening against black people in America. My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. You know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures and, and kind of assimilate into different cultures, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. You know, growing up for me, I, was, I, I grew up in a, in a white family with an obviously an African-American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures and I, I was very, very easily able to assimilate in different, different cultures. So, um, you know, not everyone has that, that ease and uh, the ability to do that. And obviously it takes longest to understand. And through education, I think it's, it's super important. Like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country. So, um, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a process. I think as, as long as you see progress, uh, that's the most important thing. That was Tyler Adams. Uh, Alex, I'll come to you in a sec. Simon, that was a football press conference at a World Cup. Yep. Where, where's your mind with this this morning when you listen to that kind of line of questioning? Well, to some, you, know, you know my view that I've not wanted this kind of dialogue, this kind of discourse in a football tournament and it's been building and the toxicity of it is getting worse and it was always going to manifest itself in this particular situation given the nature of the relationships between these two countries but you're putting people into a very invidious position and that is why I wanted to pair back from the football people having to be put into a position by their by the nature of their sometimes ill-informed sometimes um uh, sort of dialed in opinions on other people's societies and you're not going to have people that are going to sit there and have the Americans pontificate on what's happening in Iran and what's happening with their issues whilst having a different set of issues in America. The Iranians are not going to sit there and say, well hang on a second you could just say whatever you please. Now the tragedy of it is, is we're here for a football tournament and what you're seeing now is a growing level of intolerance and people becoming irritated by events that have nothing to do with the primary reasons why we're in Qatar, which is a political landscape that can be played out by other people in many other spaces and many other places. We saw it on the weekend when we interviewed um, Hassan Al-Thawadi, the irritation about the lack of context, about the, the opinions being dialed in by other people who have as many problems in their countries as the countries that they are commenting on. So what would you do? Would you ban a question like that? Um, I would look at the motivations of the journalists coming in. I would look at the nature of the journalists coming in. I would be looking at suggesting that really and truly we're moving into the territory of journalists that are predominantly football writers and football and sports journalists now being available. But then you're going to move into a situation where you're going to have a, a, a backstory of, hang on, censorship. 
Well, that's it. And you're and a man you of are. free speech. And I'm in the business of free speech. But free speech does not come without an element of consequence. So we are now moving into a situation where Greg Behalter, Tyler Adams are, are facing a very strident journalist that's objecting to the manner in which his country, is, his name's being pronounced, and going after them because of the Americans' observation about what's happening to women in Iran, to the culture of Iran, and we're, and, and it needs to kind of have a, law, a line drawn yeah, underneath yeah. it. I mean, the, the pronunciation thing, Alex, I mean, Iran, Iran, the Americans call Moscow, Moscow. I mean, it is what it is. Now, you and I would go in and out of press conferences and we would witness some of this kind of thing. I don't know about you, but to me, to the interviewer there, uh, the questions have become more important than the actual answer. Yeah, they're trying to prove themselves, a lot of these journalists, and they're trying to get one over on their colleagues. That's a good point. I felt for Tyler Adams. I think he handled it brilliantly, but this is a young player uh, just making his way in the Premier League, just been made captain of his national team at a World Cup. That should be the focus. He handled himself well, by he, the way. He really did. He but I think in some well. ways that, that journalist is guilty of trivialising uh, quite a serious issue because we, we all have sympathy right. for what's happening in Iran. But Does it by prove you wrong, Simon, incidentally, that some players aren't in tune no, with world events? No, but I was very specific about the observations. I think it's unfair to put young men in a situation where some of the facts that they're being asked to agendarise by those that, are active, that have the motivation to use these guys to yeah. advance their particular yeah. cause. And I spoke specifically to people like Harry Kane talking about, well, if you're for something... Tell me what it is that you're for and tell me why you're for it. Right. And I push back and say, I doubt they'll know it. Now, Tyler Adams and American athletes sometimes are very different to, to, to British athletes. And I don't want to generalize. They tend to have a worldview which is slightly more expansive than some of ours. Okay, so Alex, unpack it for me because there's going to be more of this probably. Yeah, I think that journalist was trying to belittle Tyler Adams. Uh, it didn't work because of the way that he answered the question. And, I, and I, I'm tending to lean towards Simon. It's a really difficult situation because I think a blanket ban takes away that free press. And I agree with Simon. That's so important. But we do now need these press conferences to be focusing on the football. We, you know, There's been so much attention uh, on the off-field events. And that will continue. And there will be legacies of this World Cup. Yeah. Uh, you're right, Simon. It, it should be underlined. His handling of it was exemplary. Yeah. He's a smart young man, and that's what they should be to some extent. They should be able to hold a conversation, but it shouldn't be the only conversation they're having to speak to. The primary reasons why we're here is because there's a football World Cup that gives us something to look at rather than the geopolitical landscape, which is doom, 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 and a bit more doom to add to it. But having said that, Simon, I think we'll finish at this. It, it would be wrong, I think we'd all, we'd all agree, to broad stroke play Absolutely. under pressure. First of all, I don't and think they deserve to be commended. First of all, I don't think they should be put in that position. But secondly, if they are put in that position, and if they want to be strident in their views, he was defending himself. Uh, some of our people have been advancing opinions. They've not been asked for their opinions. They've been imposing their opinions on other people. These are the people that I'm saying to, okay, if you want to impose your views and you want to stand for something, most of you can't stand for taking the yellow card, but if you want to stand for something, then stand for it. Now, tell me what you stand for. This guy, in this instance, was defending himself against observations being made by a journalist that was yeah. motivated by whatever agenda he wanted to achieve, which Alex made a good point of, which is the question is more important than the answer. First rule of journalism, don't make yourself the story. That journalist was trying to make himself the story. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We're looking ahead now to Wales against England, this crunch game tonight, and we're doing that in the company of former Wales striker Hal Robson-Canu. So let's do it. When you look at it and we boil it all down, a win would guarantee England top spot. Wales still have a chance of reaching the last 16 despite losing to Iran on Friday. Sorry about that, Hal. To qualify, the Welsh have got to beat England and hope for a draw between the United States and Iran. How Robson Canu look into my eyes and tell me, in all honesty, can Wales win this? <laughs> Wales can win this. Of course they can. You know, they've got players in that team who are, you know, top players who are playing in the Premier League, who have played at, you know, major tournaments before and played in big games as well. But it is, you know, uh, going to be slim pickings because I think from an English perspective, they don't want to limp into, you know, the knockout stages. And so I feel that Gareth Southgate will be, you know, making sure that they're as prepared as possible and as motivated as possible. Uh, you know, and we've uh, we've heard some uh, some of that. I don't know if you guys have seen or heard what Gareth Southgate apparently is going to be doing, uh, playing a certain video uh, from a previous tournament of uh, Welsh players celebrating um, as motivation in the build-up to the game. Ah, uh, was that when Iceland beat England? Correct, and yes. The, and the Welsh boys were celebrating. In fact, you were one of them. Is that true? I was in the room. I was in the room, <laughs> in, indeed. And, and as I said before, it wasn't necessarily about England losing. It was more the fact that Iceland as a, you know, minnow nation. Oh, were, it was. Simon, hold on. Yeah. on. <laughs> no, no, no. So It was look. all about England losing, Hal. <laughs> no, look, I think, um, as I said, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a difficult game for Wales. And, you know, the, the performances that they've given so far have been really disappointing. And again, there's lot, you know, you can make lots of different excuses in terms of, you know, the, the, the acclimatization, you know, the lack of preparation time. But it's the same for everyone. Um, but the biggest thing for Wales is that, you know, they've relied heavily on, you know, the likes of Gareth Bell, the likes of Aaron Ramsey, mm. um, you know, the likes of Joe Allen, who have delivered over, you know, uh, for well over a decade now at this level for the nation. Um but they have just not 
quite been at it, um, you know, in this tournament. You mentioned Bell and Ramsey. There's been a massive debate at the TalkSport Hotel. It's been going on for what seems like about 300 years between Dean Saunders, former Welsh striker, and our Welsh commentator, Nigel Adley. He could for 300 years. <laughs> well, absolutely, he could. Nigel Adley is adamant that neither Gareth Bell or Aaron Ramsey should start this game. They simply don't have the legs, in his opinion, uh, to match up with this England team. Dean Saunders is saying absolute nonsense. You can't leave out Gareth Bell because even though he's not as effective mm. as he once was, he can give you that moment. Look, I think it's you know it's clearly coming to a time of you know passing the guard, and you sort of wonder: Do you credit um, you know the, this generation and, and give them uh, you know potentially a last hurrah uh, in terms of the game, uh, or do you look and try and give the younger players who the nation is now going to need for this next decade? the opportunity to experience an international uh, tournament in, in the World Cup and get game time and minutes under their belt. So it's a, it, it's a difficult one. I think for me personally, I think it's, it's managed earlier on. So in terms of, you know, the, the game time, they've, they've played, I think it's back-to-back -back 90 minutes, both of them maybe Rambo came off. Um, but actually, you know, how can you manage it prior to this game? So they're actually maybe a little bit fresher coming into the game. Tactically, are we, you know, trying to make sure that we're not as reliant as, our, you know, as we have been on the likes of Gareth Bell and Aaron Ramsey? And I think, you know, the players like Brennan Johnson, Dan, you know, Dan James, uh, Harry Wilson, Kiefer Moore, I think that, that that's a strong quartet who I think if they had had game time earlier on, in the tournament, we wouldn't be as reliant on, on Bale and Ramsey. So, yeah, I think it's a tough ask to ask them to go 390 minutes in a week. So that's a kind of no from you, that they both will start. <clears throat> or is it? It's, uh, do they start and come off? Or do they not start and the, come the, on? The other thing is as well, you know, from an English perspective, you know, England players and Gareth Southgate will not want them on the pitch because they can change the game exactly. in a moment. Exactly. So I think from that with perspective, you, that. Yeah. you know, they're gonna, you, you play them. You agree you with that, them. Alex? Once upon a time. Yeah, I'm not. Can we get that I'm, once upon a time from Simon Jordan, please? Because if, if they I'm do not, I'm it, not convinced. Once, that, once upon a time, and we're living in the past with these guys, Gareth yeah. Bell isn't fit enough. He made a decision to go and play in America. You're preparing for a tournament that your country has not featured in for 64 years. You have to question that decision. Yep. He's not impacted because he's not fit enough. Aaron Ramsey is the same. And you have to look at that and say, that's a tragedy for Wales because at 33 years of age, we had this discussion last week on the sofa about people's physicality against their psychological approach. And, and, and Sunis, I think, emphatically believes that some of the ideals behind why Gareth Bell is struggling to compete at this level at 33 years of age is not necessarily about physical ailment. It's more to do with his psychological approach and his approach to the scenario. So he is in a certain mindset, which will then manifest a certain feeling in him. Yeah, the, I, I think they both start. Let, if you ask me, I, I think they both But let's be honest, the point that Simon is making, Gareth Bale gave up on being a, a top-level footballer a long time ago. He gave up on hitting the highest level when he accepted just sitting on the bench at Real Madrid. He gave it up when he decided to go to the MLS. Gave I think, it up? I think he gave up. I agree. And I think he would have been better I served. Agree. Give it up, uh, Al. Better no. served going to Cardiff and playing in a more competitive division, playing Saturday, Tuesday in places, building himself up to be the best uh, possible uh, Gareth Bale. The best in the world. He's you not to Cardiff old. after He's Real Madrid. I understand the, the, the perspective, but actually, you know, from, from an actuality, you know, the MLS is a physical league. And so... 
Of I'll course, we're not talking. Some, have Come you on. played in the? Have you played in the MLS? No, but I put a team out in America and I watched the I'm American saying, teams. So, so what I'm saying, I'm not saying. From so from a are. quality perspective, miles there off. is a gap. From a physical perspective, the gap is very small, and you can see that because actually Gareth Bell hasn't has struggled physically. You know, and it's not. Again, I'm not saying that it's what because was the of his approach, etc. in going to America, what was the driving force of Gareth Bell? Look, so that's his own decision. So you know, you have to respect players' decisions. But actually, but actually, money and lifestyle. It's, it's money and lifestyle. Okay, but and from a, from a, from an actual. But look, him going to uh, America, MLS. I'm saying, I'm just letting you know. Physically, it's as demanding as a lot of leagues in Europe. Right. So just before it's not a, you know, it's not a farmer's league. It's not a, you know, it, it is a very physically competitive league. Go and what did hell. Gareth Bell Go need? On. He needed physical conditioning. And look, it hasn't happened. It hasn't manifested. But the intentions of going there actually aren't, in my opinion, what you're, you know, you're you have to look to. at the professionalism of this situation. And whilst Gareth Bell is entitled to a lot of legacy plaudits, this country and its achievements from 2016 to where it is now has predominantly been carried by the achievements of Gareth Bell. You get to a 64-year um, watershed moment by getting into a World Cup and your key component part is Bale. He's 33 years of age and he's playing in, I don't care what you say about the American leagues, I've watched enough of it, it's a mile off from where he needed to be to be prepared for a World Cup. I agree. It's a mile off. Now, whether he wanted to play in the doldrums of Cardiff in terms of the comparative wealth and lifestyle of Los Angeles is a different discussion. But the business end of a tournament was that Gareth Bell and Aaron Ramsey are not fit. For, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope they had the one last punch in them, like the, every fighter's last thing that goes <laughs> is their punch. Because you want to see players of the mm. caliber. I'm not overly interested in Ramsey. I'm more interested in Bell. Mm. But the caliber of Gareth Bell deserve to go out on a stage mm. in a way where they're raging. Mm. And at this mm. moment in time, they are not. Mm. And Wales as a unit suffer as a result of that. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White Thanks and Jordan. Thanks for listening Jordan. to and downloading the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Remember to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow with all the very latest from Qatar, covering the biggest talking points and bringing you the best guests and the best interviews. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.